0: Hey, everyone. Merry Christmas. We invite you to stand to start. A seat. Well, once again, Merry Christmas, I want to welcome all of you here. It's so, so good to see you here, and for those who are watching at home online, we're so glad that you could join us for our Christmas Eve service. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at White Ridge Baptist Church, and tonight we have a service that we've called Jesus, Glory of the Nations." And it's our hope that this service tonight will be helpful as a part of how you are going to be worshiping Christ. Uh, during, this, during this season. Um, I always look forward to Christmas Eve. I look forward to us singing praises of Christ together, although I'm not singing today. I actually developed laryngitis uh, this week, um, and I've got tested, and it's not COVID or anything like that, and, and I'm feeling fine, but I'm just can't sing a note, but I'm looking forward to hearing you guys lifting praises to Christ this, this evening, uh, and bef- as we start this, this time, let's join together in prayer. Father, what a joy it is to gather together in person and online to honor your son who came here to become a human, to live a life as a man, and to die for our sins and to rise again. All of this that he's done for his glory and out of love for us and obedience to you, and we give you praise for him today. We have so much to be thankful for. Without him, we would be lost. And because of him, we have, we have life. And so thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son. And I pray that tonight, as we reflect upon what you have done for us, that you would fill our hearts with wonder and with joy, each and every one. would fill our hearts with wonder and with joy, each and every one. And I pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples.
2: On that very first night in the quiet hills of Judah, the Son of God was born into this world, our world.
1: He was born here so that we could know him.
2: He was born here to live the life of a man and to die for the sins of many.
1: He was born here so that anyone who puts their faith in him will be freed from sin forever.
2: He was born here so that many, many people in every corner of the world might enter into a lasting friendship with God.
1: And he was born here so that the hearts from every nation on earth might know and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. On that first night in the quiet hills of Judah, a king was born, but almost nobody knew about it. On that first night, he was adored by his parents, celebrated by angels, and worshiped by shepherds. No one else on earth yet knew the name of Jesus.
2: But the word has been spreading. His kingdom has been growing with each and every person who has put their faith in him. And tonight, we too can declare that Jesus Christ is our King.
1: And we celebrate that he is building his kingdom in absolutely every nation on earth, so that together voices around the world will ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.
2: Tonight, let the kingdom of Christ resound. May it be heard around the world that the Lord reigns. Let it be known that Jesus Christ is the glory of the nations. Amen.
3: Serving
0: तब तथा स्व पिनचसी मारिया इथों वहां थे तो
4: ऐसा हुआ कि उसके in the field wacht te worden. And eens stunderen engel voor haar anders glory luchten om haar henne. Ze waren tegen kill.
5: I'm getting no see with one pay my berry shallow more in refinery, see your shake in Itori tiyabi olubalafunyi lo ne, ni iludafide tshi kristi olua. Yeyi nili o shiha me funyi, en yuri omo wati afi o jahwe, ni ibuje ero. Angel, una multitud de las huestes celestiales que alababan a Dios y decían, gloria a Dios en las alturas y en la tierra paz, buena voluntad para con los hombres. और ऐसा हुआ कि जब स्वर्गदूत उनके पास से स्वर्ग को चले गए तो चरवाहे आपस में कहने लगे आओ हम सीधे बेथलहम जाकर इस बात को जो हुई है और जिसे प्रभु ने हम पर प्रकट किया है देखें वे शीघ्र जाकर मरियम और यूसुफ के पास पहुंचे और उन्होंने उस बच्चे को
4: Nachdem sie gesehen haben, erzählten sie, was ihnen gesagt wurde, zu diesem kleinen Kind. All die, die sie hören, führten in die Erinnerung von dem, was ihnen die Berger gesagt haben.
0: Maria aber behielt alle diese Worte und bewegte sie in ihrem Herzen. Und die Hirten kehrten wieder um und priesen und lobten Gott für alles, was sie gehört und gesehen hatten, so wie es ihnen gesagt worden war.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life.
0: My friends, that is the story of our Savior coming into this world. And it's a story that has been read to us by people in our own church family, representing only just some of the languages uh, that we have in our own church family. Uh, and only just some of the languages that will be represented around the throne of Jesus Christ as we all stand there together one day, uh, giving him praise with our eyes on him. And we're going to give him some more praise just now, and I invite you to stand. me hey. Thing that the Lord has been doing in our midst over these past years has been writing the nations on our hearts. And I think that as a church family, I believe that he's been giving us a deeper and deeper understanding of how he is building the kingdom of Jesus Christ all over the world, not just where we can see, but in, in every nation. And uh, this evening, that's a real big part of what we wanted to celebrate Uh, And in the last number of years, we've been sending mission teams to a few different places regularly, uh, India being one, and Nepal, uh, and also uh, to Bolivia. And, And this evening, we have the pleasure of hearing a testimony from somebody that some of us know because we've been on the ground in Bolivia with one of our mission teams over the years. Uh, uh, Patty Nacho is a good friend to us. And, and uh, she is not here this evening, she is still in Bolivia, but she has recorded a video for us to watch uh, to tell us of how she has seen Jesus where she is. And we're gonna watch that now.
5: Hello brothers and sisters from White Ridge Church. My name is Patty, and I serve with CBM here in Cochabamba, Bolivia. This is a very special season, a reflective time. I think we need to be very intentional in stopping and thinking about the goodness of God. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. I have been also thinking and reflecting about the wonder of Christ's body, how being part of this great family, can create, can do things that can go even beyond our borders. I would like to share with you two testimonies about how I have seen the love of God and how He has been honored here in Bolivia. One of them is related with Emmanuel Foundation. At CBM we are partnering with Emmanuel Foundation and this year because of donations, offerings Emmanuel has been able to buy eight computers to help the kids continue the virtual classes that they had. Last year they only had five smart devices and they had to juggle to share this between over twenty three kids. So we are grateful that people is responding and helping the people that is in need, especially the children as they are in very big disadvantage I also would like to share with you on a personal basis how I see I have seen the love of God Sadly my dad passed away this year early in January with covid Everything developed very quickly within 48 hours my god my dad got very very sick That day my world was shaked, in a way that I never felt before. There were days when I really didn't have any strength to keep going. The pain was very, very, very intense. Many tears. Until this year, I didn't understand what it meant to lose someone you truly love. In my hardest moments, In my moments where I had no hope, God showed me that He was there for me. He showed His love through people that reached to me with prayers, with emails, with text messages, giving me encouragement and love. People that I don't even know were sending encouragement words to me and for my family too. I know God has allowed many people to pray for us, and I'm deeply thankful for that. So thank you, my friends, because I know that you were also praying for us. The wonder of being part of the body of Christ. This year, I have experienced how God can be Prince of Peace. Thank you, because... Your prayers also have left me and guide me to understand more and more this. I think that with both testimonies, I believe God was honored because in both cases, the body of Christ manifested the essence of our Creator, His unparalleled love for people. It is my prayer. That we can be channels of blessings towards the one who needs the most. That we honor our God and remember that we received by grace and we can give by grace. God so loved the world. God so loved you and so loved me and so loved the world that He sent His only Son. My friends, Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful time with your families, with the people you love. Make it special. And honor God, loving each other. Once again, thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye.
4: I love that song because it's a prayer, and it's, it's uh, probably very very much the heart resonation of many of us, glory in the darkest place, a lot of dark places this, this uh, year, this Christmas, and so I think it resonates, and thank you for articulating that for us. To be sure, indeed, theology often does that. In fact, I was reading recently about uh, something Karl Barth, the theologian, said. He said this, he said, To be sure, theology always gropes to a great extent in the dark. Theology gropes in the dark with only a gradual partial knowledge. Nevertheless, even limited knowledge may convey looking like through a keyhole, a glimpse of the riches of God's glory. You think, you look through a keyhole and you can still see a portion of what God's glory is was like and is like and in fact it says in john one eighteen, no one has ever seen god but god the one and only referring to jesus the son has made him known and that word is the word exegete god jesus exegetes god he makes him known it means to to bring out from behind the curtain so to speak the word means to lead out it's as though god was veiled through all of centuries of history and then jesus christ came bursting in glory on the scene and led god out so that he could be seen and known personally by you and i that's why we sing those hymns like veiled in flesh for the godhead See." veil uh, hail the incarnate deity jesus reveals god's glory and i want to just talk a little bit about that this evening about how Jesus reveals God's glory. You probably don't use the word glory in your everyday vocabulary. (laughs) It's an interesting word. It could be argued that the only right time to pull out the word glory from your vocabulary is when you're talking about God or when you're in God talk, because indeed he is the only glorious one. It's kind of like the word awful. We, uh, We probably should be using the word awful a lot more when we talk about God. We sing, God is an awesome God, but we also say the Grand Canyon is awesome, and turkey dinners are awesome, and so on. But if you really think about it, it it means it's full of some awe. God has some awe. But if you really were to be honest, you would have to say, God is full of awe, so you'd say, God is awful. But I can't see us singing, our God is an awful God, somehow. It isn't going to (laughs) fly, And yet, words do that, don't they? They change their meaning. They have a way of doing that. So what is the glory of God? I'd like to share from a book by Stephen Hawthorne called The Story of His Glory. He says this, Glory is the relational beauty. Haven't heard that word before, connected. Glory is the relational beauty that every person's heart yearns to behold and enter. The word glory in Scripture refers to the essential worth and beauty and value of people, created things, and of course the Creator Himself. Well, it might be of a surprise to you to hear the word glory with reference to humans like us. But the biblical view of humanity is exactly that. The biblical view of humanity is a glorious one. Because we've been created in the image and likeness of the only truly glorious being that there is, which is God himself. That is who we've been created in the image of. The inherent glory of every human being comes from being created in his image. Our worth, our beauty, our value, it all comes from God, our creator, who is pure glory. As followers of Christ, we know this. We, we know this flies in the face of secular thinking, and yet we are committed to it because it exalts humans as the ones who've been created as God has created us. And we will continue to be that lonely voice crying in the wilderness because it is the voice of truth that upholds human dignity, worth, beauty, value. So another way of using the word glory that comes in scripture and other places is the word glorify. How do we live in such a way that we live our lives here on earth that glorifies God? Another way of talking. uh, Who created us? Well, I answer that question first of all by saying what it doesn't mean. To glorify God does not mean to make him more glorious as if we could add to his already existing glory. No. Rather, it means to see him as glorious and to celebrate him in the experience of enjoying him and and knowing him and admiring him. We just sang it. Oh, come, let us adore him. That's That's a real experience for the one who knows him. So how do we do that? Well, the best way is to know Jesus clearly because the Bible says that when we see Jesus... We don't just see a reflection of the glory of God. We see the glory of God mediated in human form. That's why it says in Hebrews 1.3, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Another way of glorifying God is to ascribe to God what belongs to him. So when you see the glory of God reflected in a sunset or in a poem that someone has written, Or when you see the glory of God in in a a baby (laughs) or in a friend, the way they befriend you, we glorify God by, by recognizing the Creator made them, gave them, painted something that is now reflecting His glory. Or when you hear a beautiful duet sung by two sisters, or when you hear an act of kindness that is done to a stranger on the street, you obviously recognize and thank the people who sing the duet or do the act of kindness, but where do you give the glory? You give the glory to God because you see nothing that we have or could do that is anything of, up worthy, of worthy of uplifting and so on is anything we've created. It's been given to us to give to others. And so we thank, we thank the conduit, but we give glory to the Creator and the Source. God glorifying is like shining a flashlight on God so that people can see him in the darkness for who he is and not rob him of his glory by becoming becoming proud. And so do you know what the opposite of glory is? What's the word that comes to your mind? The opposite of glory is the word shame. It's natural for us to want to show the glory side of our lives to other people And it's also natural for us to want to hide the shame side of our lives from other people. And indeed, that is leading us all to, in some way, live a secret life that is not known by others. And indeed, we would feel that if it were to be known, that secret life, that life of shame, that somebody would not like us. In fact, they might even reject us. And so we show the glory side of our lives to other people. And it is that part of us that, of course, God sees both sides. There's nothing that we can bring to God that would ever impress him. There were nothing of the shame side of, God, of our lives that could ever surprise God. And there's nothing of the glory side of our lives that would ever impress God. God sees the whole of you and loves you through it all whereas the goodness and glory of side of our lives uh, god sees it all it's kind of like parents who give an allowance to their children all year long and then at the end of the year when it comes to christmas the the children turn around and and buy something for their parents for christmas That's kind of the way it is with God. There's nothing that we would ever give back to God in glorifying him that he hasn't already given us. And however small the gift that that child brings to their parents, however useless or small or insignificant, oh it's incredibly, incredibly wonderful because of the fact that it came out of a free heart. That's what glorifying God is. There's we, we give him back what he's given to us, and it might be very small. He doesn't need it, but he loves it. And so, similarly, if you want to know how to glorify God this Christmas and all year long in the year that's coming, I want to just share three things this morning, or this evening, how you could do that. And, and it starts just in humbling yourself before God. And I want to draw your attention to three props that are on the stage today. And the first one is right here beside me in this manger. I draw your attention to the manger because we see the glory of God in the manger of Jesus Christ that was 2,000 years ago a reality. In this manger, we see Emmanuel, God with us, God come down, God for us. We see divinity and humanity mingle together in the manger. That's why the virgin birth is so important and the sinless life of a human Jesus Christ. We see divinity and humanity mingled together. And in that, we realize that God gets us. He understands the messiness of our mangers. He understands the stables that we live in and the messes we make in the stables of our lives. He gets you tonight. He sympathizes with you. He's tempted in every way like you are, without yet without sin. And so Tonight, when it's all still and quiet and everybody's in bed, would you maybe take a moment to ponder the manger? Thank God that He came down into your messy manger so that He could identify with you, be born so that He could get you. That's the glory of the manger. And then, and then I want to draw your attention to the cross over here and the glory of the cross. On the cross, we see the glory of the Son of God again mingled. The the glory of Christ, the Son of God, and the shame of humanity meet up on the cross. Indeed, that's why it's a cross. Is The crux of this thing is is where our sin and shame meet up with the glory and holiness of God. Jesus took upon himself our sin, our shame, and for all who would put faith in him, and would bring glory to him by acknowledging what he did. And so that, that cross can become, tonight in your reflection, your place of confession. Where you just agree with God and you say, God, I know I've made a mess in my life. I know I am ashamed of certain things and, and I only see part of my sin. But I know that you went to the cross so that I could be forgiven. On the cross, God's glory and our shame meet up. And we're able to go to that cross. In fact, even this evening, Jesus invites you, if you've never put your faith in Christ, said, come into my life, God. He invites you tonight to go to the cross, remember the death of Jesus, and say, Jesus, tonight is the night I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from that cross free from all shame and sin and guilt because now I understand what you are and why you came. We see the glory of God on the cross because Jesus absorbed my shame and sin and exchanged it for his glory. And then the third thing I want to point you to on the stage is that that grafted tree with all the flags in it that we've been talking about this past few weeks and months. We see in this, this tree of the nations the glory of God as well. I love the verse, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God even as the waters cover the sea. That's the goal of history. The entire earth, every people, every ethnos, ethnicity is going to be filled with the glory of God even as we see in the book of Revelation the last picture. More and more and more people glorifying God because they're acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the true and living God, the Savior of the world. It glorifies God in the mingling of nations that are so diverse, so different from each other. And yet one holy cause unites us all to exalt and honor the true and living God who came at Christmas in the form of a baby in a manger. Jesus exchanged the manger, the crown of thorns on the cross. Jesus exchanged it for a crown of glory. And so tonight, the manger, a mingling of divinity and humanity because God gets your messiness. And the cross, this place of confession, the mingling of our shame and the glory and holiness of God, Jesus wants to forgive you give you freedom from all that, and then the the tree over here, this mingling of humanity in all its diversity on earth that would be a mighty voice and a choir of voices that give praise to God. Would you let me pray for you this evening, for you and for your families, and then we'll invite the worship team to come up. Oh God, our Father, we pray this Christmas that your light would come into our darkness. Oh God, we, I pray for every family represented here and online. I pray, O oh God, that the glory of our messy mangers would be seen in your understanding our humanity and, and walking with us through the darkest times and the trenches of life. I pray, O oh God, that you will also show your glory in that cross of confession where we come and we just say, Lord, here's my shame. Here's my weakness. Here's my frailty and my failure. And you, you absorb it. You take it on the cross. You died for it. So you, you would set us free. May tonight be the night when some people claim you as Lord and Savior. And then, Lord, having, having known that you come down and you've, you've died for us and been raised to new life, may we be on mission with you to make your glory known among the nations, your, to spread your fame, the fame of your name. Lord, to tell the glory story. We pray all this for your, for your glory, Jesus, and for our good.
0: Jesus. It is amazing to us as we gather on this Christmas Eve, that as we speak to you now, as we sing to you now and of you now, that is, you are the same one who was born as a baby on that night. As we tell that story, as we read that from scripture, that was you humbling yourself, humbling yourself from being in an eternity of being in the presence of God as God, and then also now being a human. And we thank you that you did that for us. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us, that we might know your name, that we might seek you and see your forgiveness for us, that we can walk away from the cross, like Terry said, free of shame. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring many to know you in that way, so that shame isn't where they live anymore, but glory is. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the one who deserves all the glory. I pray that you'd uh, bless each one of us as we go from here. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, on behalf of the leadership of White Ridge Baptist Church, we want to wish all of you a blessed and meaningful Christmas as you gather in whatever way that you do and uh, look to Jesus Christ as the center of it. Have a wonderful Christmas you mm-hmm.